This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, I'd like to worship with you on Wednesday nights. Just hang in here in a minute. We'll get a little air on in here, a little circulation. If you're getting hot, just warning you, you better get real close to your spouse because it will get cold in here. That's the issue. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up really, really high, our ushers would gladly Put the Word of God in your hand. Then we will go to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. If you're Italian, it's Malachi. So again, however you prefer to look at it. Just a little thought there. Again, some of the highlights. The uh, exchange for our 30-somethings is Friday night. So be sure and get that out. The 20 to 30-year-olds, again. Uh, please bring candy here. I, I, I want to load up your kids with so much candy and then send them home with you. I, I can't wait to do that, so thank you, Pastor, for blessing our children and making sure they're all sugared up and ready to go, and then um, there's a glow party on Wednesday the 27th, just things you need to be reminded of. Well, bless all of you. Again, we're going to begin tonight with our tithes and offerings. If you're watching by live stream, I am glad you are tuning in, so as you're turning to Malachi 3, just a real quick thought here off of that. So do I believe and do I speak in line with what I see or do I believe and speak in line with the promises of God? And those are real important now we begin to understand that. So I, I'm going to read a little bit here in Malachi 3. I'm going to just break this down for several weeks and just give you some biblical reference on here. I believe this will touch our Malachi 3 verse 6. For I am the Lord, I, I do not change. I, I do not change. Now, I, I have that underlined, I have that highlighted in my, I do not change. And, and the reason I want to highlight that, because here in just about two pages, you jump from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And a lot of times people get hung up on this from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But I think about this in this sense. If Murder in the Old Testament was wrong, it's now right in the New Testament. If adultery was wrong in the Old Testament, it's now right in the New Testament. So again, you begin to see all that. So Father God, he's telling us right now, I don't change. He goes on to say, therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Better stated, this is why you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Why are we not consumed? Because God doesn't change. He is faithful to his covenant people. If God did change, it would have been bad news for some of them is what he's talking about. Thank God he doesn't change. He goes on to say, Yet from the days of your fathers, your ancestors, you have gone away from my ordinances or my ordinary principles, and you have not kept them or obeyed them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Question mark. Will a man rob God? And it's interesting, he says, yet you have robbed me. And you say, in what way have I robbed you? And God responds, in tithes, plural, and in offerings, plural. Now, when I, I read this right here, again, this, this is the God 
who doesn't change. And many times we get some things confused. There is a difference between a tithe and an offering. The tithe is, is 10%. That's what the tithe means. The offering is anything that's over and above my tithe. Now, it's interesting. He says tithes and offerings, plural. So to help you with that a little bit, every time you get increase in your life, paycheck however it is, I am to honor God with that. If I don't obey that, in God's eyes, I've robbed him. Now, I want you to get a little visual picture here that if I was going to go into a bank in this area to rob it, I would have like a, a mask over my face and I would hold them up at gunpoint and say, give me everything that you have. So when we see to rob God here, I'm robbing him of something that's his. It's not mine. Remember, the tithe is God's. And so... I remember thinking about this years ago, and I can rewind 40 years ago, and I began to hear this teaching on this. And I, I remember me and Shelly, we struggled with it for about four years. We played tug or We'd see what the Bible says, but we were like, God, 10%? I, I can't do 10%. How, how do you expect me to do that? But the more we studied the scriptures, the more we found out God doesn't tell us this to punish us. He tells us this to bless us. And so, man alive, we, we begin to step out by faith. Is it an act of faith? It's an act of faith, guys. I'm not going to tell you it's not. It would twist me the first few times we were putting that in there. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But the more I begin to do it, the more I begin to see the kingdom fruit that goes with it. And I can tell you 40 years later, man, we've, we've never stopped. Because God is a God who doesn't change. So you want to go a little deeper, come back next week, okay? We'll dive in this a little bit more. Your homework assignment is keep reading that. Just keep reading that passage and you'll what God will speak to your heart. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you tonight that... We celebrate right now that you're the God who doesn't change. And we give you glory and honor right now. And Father God, in the areas of our life where I, I can say, Lord, there was a time in my life that I robbed you. Oh, Lord, I repent of that. And I thank you. You're the God who not only forgives us, but you're the God of a second chance. And so we welcome your, your word in this area, your heart, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I really like to give you little nuggets on this. And again, I, I won't preach on anything that I don't live. It's something that we've done for so much of our life. And I know there's many of you in here, many of you on live stream that are watching. Get around people who will speak into your life like that, okay? And they'll tell you the truth on that area. Okay, we're going to move forward tonight. I'm, I'm going to have you go to the book of Judges, chapter 2. Now, if you were here last week, we were in Joshua. Judges is the very next verse, I mean, Vex book. And so once you get to Judges, if you've gone to the little bit book, Ruth, the Samuels, you've gone a little too far. Just back to your left, Judges chapter 2. Now, I'm going to highlight some things. We are in week number 5 of this series here on Wednesday night called Counterfeits. And don't miss these, okay? I'm going to really shift gears again next week, more in the New Testament. But we go back in... 
And there is an incredible pull on humanity right now from the world. Now, when I say the word world, I'm, I'm not talking about this physical planet. When, when I talk about the world, I'm, I'm literally talking about the influence that's on this world. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, the God of this age or the God of this world has blinded the eyes. So the, the, the world I'm talking about is under the influence of the devil, okay? So we're seeing a pull on humanity right now and the trend is away from God more than more, more and more and more and more. Uh, some, some scripture reference uh, 2 Timothy 4.1 says that in these last days, many will depart from the faith. In uh, Matthew 24, he, he talks about how many will, will be deceived. And then in, later in Matthew 24, he, he talks about how the, the love of many will grow cold. And so there's a pull on us. And I believe the Lord is, is saying here, you, you got to get planted. You got to get rooted in the things of God. You, you gotta, you gotta dig in in conflict, in in pressures, in in uh, the anxieties that try to come. Get get standed on the things of God. Dig in with the things of God, because this is what's going to happen. Huge, huge warnings of this. And so, as we ended last week, and I'll recap it just a little bit. We talked about Joshua one, and then we went to Joshua's farewell address. In Joshua 23 and Joshua 24. And if you remember in the last part of that, um, we'll start Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15. He said, Don't serve the gods of your forefathers. Way back. Door two, he said, Don't, don't serve the gods of your fathers. And then he said, don't serve the God of your culture right now, where we're at right now. Now, there was a strong warning in every one of those. And I believe the reason he's telling us that is because these counterfeit gods, they die hard. They're, they're always there. They're always pursuing us. But remember in Joshua 24, 15, Joshua said, hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to serve the Lord. Now, one thing that I don't see is I don't see a box in any of those categories that say none of the above. You're going to serve one of those right there that he mentioned, those four. And so we, we know in this passage right here that Joshua ended in Joshua 24, 23, and he said, put away all those idols. Put them away. And when he said put them away, he wasn't saying storm, storm in your attic. Put them in a storage unit, and that's not what he was telling them. He's saying, you've got to get these out of your life. Now, the problem with that is this. They didn't listen. They didn't listen. I've said this phrase already one time tonight. I, I was down around our teenager, teenagers earlier tonight, and I said to one of them, I said, I'm going to give you a little nugget here. In this thing called life, you learn of one of two ways. You learn by wisdom, whether that's through the word of God or, or people speaking to your life, or you learn the hard way. But you're going to learn one way or the other. Now, how many of you have ever learned the hard way? I hate to learn the hard way now. 
<laughs> I say, Lord, it's so much better to learn by your wisdom. And so even on these lines. Now, we're in Judges chapter 2, verse 7. And, and I want to highlight something there before we get going. This is now the third generation of the Israelites that came out of Egypt. Uh, Moses' was the first one. Remember, he never got to the promised land. Joshua's generation was the second. And now we're to the third generation. Chapter 2 and, and verse 7. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Now, I really believe, man, Joshua and these elders that outlived them, man, day by day, they'd say, let, let me tell you what God did. Let, let me tell you the day that God split the Red Sea. Hey, have I ever told you the story when God fed us with manna? <laughs> and, and so this is what I was believe was happening. They continually they told people, man, how great is our God? Verse 8. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, he died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of the inheritance of Timnath heirs in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. And when all the generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for them. Now, when it says right here, they did not know the Lord, they didn't acknowledge him, or they didn't serve him. And oftentimes what I begin to see within this generation is not only did they compromise, they tolerated sin. And so he makes comments right here that says they didn't know the Lord. They had opportunities to know the Lord, but they didn't cash in on those opportunities. It wasn't like God had disappeared. This, this was the choice in their lives. Verse 11, then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, I want you to see something here, okay? I want you to see how the Bible describes the evil they did in the sight of the Lord. Not in the sight of man, in the sight of the Lord. And they serve the Baals. Now, I'm, I'm going to highlight this here in a little bit, the bells, but it's, it's idol worship and what it is. But what you begin to see is this reoccurring sequence, this reoccurring pattern that begins to take place over and over. So it goes on to say, verse 12, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now, they, they forsook God. And they begin to serve or follow the, the ones out of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. Now, what he's talking about is, is very similar to what we talked about with Joshua. If you look at the word in here, he said, they followed other gods among the gods of the people. So whether you like it or not, I'm, I'm around people that worship idols. You're around it day by day by day. 
But just because I get surrounded by people that don't believe the word of God, that doesn't mean that I'm the compromise. That doesn't mean that I quit. Can, can I give you a little insight here? Right now, it's not real popular to serve God. But man, I'm telling you, something happens when you say, and I'm all in, God. I, I look to you. And so when I read this right here, I, I have this thought. They bowed down to them. Who do you bow down to right now? Who, who do you follow right now? And, and you know, one of the great identities or identifiers of who you follow, just check your bank account and see where you're spending your money. What are you saved for? What are you sacrificed for? And listen, God's not against you having fun and having things. He's just against when those things push God out of the throne room to his heart and you quit serving him like he desires. That's what he was upset with them here. So they provoked the Lord to anger. Let me give you a little insight off of that right there. You don't want to worship God? You don't have to, but you're going to provoke him to anger. So it says in verse 13, they forsook the Lord and they served Baal and the Asterisk. Now, one definition of Baal actually has the meaning of, of master. Another one has the meaning that many believed he, he was the God of rain. In other words, they believed that he controlled what took place with their agriculture and their ranching. They said, he's the God of rain. The second one that it says they bowed to and served was this word called Asterisk, which was a Canaanite goddess. Now, let me give you a little insight on this Canaanite goddess. Because of the worship to the asterisk, there was temple prostitution and child sacrifice was part of that worship. That's some crazy stuff. Let's go to the temple and involve in prostitution. I, I, I think you're talking about a crazy God, someone that would watch their children be sacrificed? So when I look at this, do you see why Father God got angry with them? You, you chose this God and that God over me? Verse 14. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of the plunderers who were to spoil them. And he sold them to the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, out of, the hand, out of the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said, and the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly stressed or distressed. Do you know one of the results of serving a counterfeit God? Calamity. Junk. Junk starts hitting the fan. Verse 16. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. This is the mercy of God. 
Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods, and they bowed to them, and they turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. This is unbelievable to me again. That they begin to serve these, these false gods and, and they turn from what they had witnessed over and over through their, their fathers. And so when you look at what they did, if you think back with me when we started this, in Exodus 20, the Lord started out and he said, have no other gods before me. Have no other gods before me. And then remember he said in, in, in uh, Exodus 20, he said, don't make for yourself carved images. Don't bow to them or serve them. So what you see taking place here is they broke the first two of the Ten Commandments willingly. It was like, all right, Father God. And so it says they, they quickly turned from the path. Why did they quickly turn to the path? I believe this with all my heart, is they enjoyed the sinful pleasures and so you know what their thinking was? I want a little bit of God. I, I want you to continually bless me, Father God. I, I want you to continually watch over me. But I want you on my terms. And, and so, again, when we read these things, a lot of times we get over and we have the thought, I would never worship an idol. But remember the definition of an idol is anything or anyone that takes the place of Father God in your life. So God's no, no longer number one. Now remember in Exodus 20 what the Lord said? I'm a jealous God. And this is it right here. This is why he's a jealous God. I, I don't want to share you. Verse 18. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hands of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. God heard them. He heard their cries and he mercies them again. Verse 19. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following the other gods to serve them, to bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. So you know what they said again? I'm going to live selfish. I, I've seen and I've heard what my fathers talked about, but you know what? I'm not going to do it that way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead right here. And there's an interesting statement there at the end. He said... They did not cease from their own doings. This is what I want. Well, again, we got to think about something here. God's a jealous God. God God's not into me being double-minded. I'm a saint on Sunday, but I'm an idol worshiper on Monday. See, again, when you see what he's talking about, God's design was all along, I, I need a wholehearted, a, a loyal man and woman that says, I'm all in. Now, when, when you, you look at all this here, I'm going to speed up in time. And we're going to jump several hundred years, okay? <laughs> Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 16. And the reason I'm, I'm going there because 
man, these, these judges, these kings, they, they have come and gone over and over. And when I get into the kings, you're going to 1 Kings 16. When I get into 1 Kings, there's a reoccurring expression that takes place over and over. And it says, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they forgot God and served idols. King after king after king. Now, why do I highlight that? These old gods die hard. I'm telling you, they die hard. They, they will keep coming around. Actually, if I had time, I would take us back into Exodus 20, verse 5, where it says, the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. The more I read that, I believe a lot of it has to do with idol worship. That it's handed down and it's handed down. And guess what? You don't have to, to receive that. You can live by the blood of Jesus and you can stand on the word of God and say, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm going to serve God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all in. And so we, we, we pick up right here in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 29. In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab the son of Omri became king over Israel. Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel and Samaria 22 years. And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, I, I saw that three times just like that. Ahab the son of Omri. Ahab the son of Omri. And I thought, why, why is he making a big deal of that? So I go back and I look at, at his, his daddy Omri. And guess what it says about him? He was up to that point the most wicked king that they had ever had. And so Ahab is coming underneath his dad who was a wicked king. So we jump back to the story here, verse 30. And so Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. Wow. Not, not only do... Old gods die hard. Man, they start coming after us. And, and when I see this, it's like the snowball effect from generation to generation. When we mess around with these idols, they get stronger and stronger. And this is what's happening. How would you like to have the title, the worst king of all of them? Not, not a good uh, title to have. Verse 31. And it came to pass as though he had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. And Jeroboam was notorious for worshiping golden calves. That's a vicious animal, a golden calf. Again, you'd think at least they'd made a golden lion or a bear, but a calf? The son of Nabat, that Ahab took as a wife... Jezebel. Now, he marries this ungodly woman. And I, I want to highlight something to you here. Your choice of your spouse is significant. <laughs> it is significant. Not only to you spiritually, emotionally, and it is significant. And so he marries this woman named Jezebel. 
So if we were watching the Wizard of Oz, she would be the wicked witch of the east, the west, and north. This woman was wicked, wicked, wicked to a T. And, and it says about this woman that she was the, the mother of immorality and idolatry. He marries her. Now, we know his father had problems with idols, but now he marries this crazy woman. So we keep reading. The daughter of Ithbel, king of the Sidonians, and he went and he served Baal and he worshiped him. Now, he gets married to her, but then it says, then he went. He went. He chose to worship Baal just on his own. Verse 32, now watch what it says here. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. He builds a temple to this idol. He builds an altar to this idol. Now, can you imagine the God of Abraham, Isaac, the Israel, looking at this? Verse 32, or 33. And Ahab made a wooden image, which was the Canaanite goddess, the asterisk is what this is talking about. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all of the kings who were before him. So when I read that, I'm like, whoa, whoa. This guy acts like we're going to have a partnership with all these gods. You know, I'll, I'll include the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob on certain days, but I like Baal. I, I like this Canaanite sex goddess. It's pretty cool stuff. And, and I highlight these things because these become idols to me. And so there comes a point in God's life, and you know what God says? Time out. I've had enough. Chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, which means nothing more that he came from the city of Tishbe, and he goes on to say here of the inhabitants of Gilead, he said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, as the Lord God of Israel before whom I stand, and it's important that you see this because the God he stands before is the God he prays for or he prays to. And you know what he says? I stand before God. I stand before the Most High God. And you know what he's saying? He said, Ahab, I want you to know I stand before the true God. And, and then look what he says. And he says, therefore, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. So guess what he says to him? Listen. It's not going to rain for three years. Now, the reason we highlight this, the significance of this was, remember, those who worship Baal, they, they thought that he controlled all the rain. They, they thought that he was in, in charge of all that. So, Elijah, the man of God, challenges him. Right in front of all these Baal worshipers, and he's like, I'll show you who the real God is. I'm not backing down from any bit of this. I'm, I'm going to show you what's going to take place. And, and so what begins to happen here is there's going to be a big war. There's going to be a big spiritual battle. And so when we begin to see this here, again, 
he said that there would be drought for three years. Why would there be drought for three years? Because they were worshiping idols. As I begin to read this, this is how the Holy Spirit will begin to move with me. He said, is there a drought within you? Are you dry spiritually? Is, is there a drought within you with joy? I don't have no joy. Is there a drought within you of, I don't have no peace, I don't have no patience. Is there a drought within you in the area of faith? I, I seem like I don't have any faith. And, and so the Lord was saying, if that's the situation, could it be that you've placed something or someone as the throne of your heart more than God? And so you know what I did? I said, Father God, I, I, I don't want anything to be more important than you. And I, I, I want to love you. I want to obey you. I want to serve you. And, and so I, I ask you that right now because at times in our life, we make these comments, especially with food. We say, whoo, that angel food cake, that was to die for. But you know, if I had Super Bowl tickets, that would be to die for. Ooh, if I had this or this. So we make these statements. But do I serve God? Have these idols of our world, whether it's materialistic things, whether it's titles, whether it's pleasure, have they moved God out? Who I got to hurry. Chapter 18. So there's getting ready to be a big confrontation. Verse 20, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you, you dance between two opinions? It's like when you got a your bad leg. You go to one leg and to the other leg and you keep doing that because your leg isn't good enough to support you. And so he's saying here, how long are you going to dance between two opinions? Is, is your loyalty to God or is your loyalty to all these stinking idols? And so Elijah, he challenges them to make a stand. He says, you're going to have to make a stand for something. Now look what he says. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if it's Baal, follow him. Very similar to the stuff that Joshua said in Joshua 24. But the people answered him not a word. They remained silent. You know why they remained silent? This, the Jewish commentary says they remained silent because they wanted a piece of both. I, I want God when all hell breaks loose, but I still like this and this. And so he challenged them and said, boys, you're going to have to do something. He's a jealous God. You see why that's a covenant name? Woo, let me go fast. Just, just jump with me to verse 25. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourself and prepare it first, for you, and, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So what he does here, he challenges them. He says, we're going to build this altar. We're going to bring sacrifices. He said, there's 450 of you prophets of Baal. You go first. 
That's what's going on, verse 26. So they took the bull which was given in, they prepared it, called on the name of Baal from morning, evening till noon, said, oh, Baal, hear us. He's a counterfeit God. He doesn't hear nothing. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about to the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them. He ridiculed them and said, why don't you cry a little louder for you if he is a God? Maybe he's meditating. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's on a journey. Perhaps he's sleeping but must be awakened. So I mean he is. This is who you serve? He won't answer you for nothing. I, I love the boldness on him. Verse 28. So they cried aloud and they cut themselves as were their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. Do you know this was part of Baal worship? Let's clap. Let's, let's do a little carving on each other. Let's get a little blood flowing. It's crazy, huh? Think of that. And when midday was past, they prophesied in the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Wow. Pretty interesting, huh? Let me go real quick. I got one minute. Then it's Elijah's turn. He puts the sacrifice on the altar. He says, throw water on top of it. Put water on there, so drench it. Soak it with water, and let's watch what God does. Verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering, this is like evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord... God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I've all these done these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifices and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. See, man, when I begin to read this, I begin to look and think, I don't want to sit. Man, when I can experience the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in these areas, why would I want to knock off God? Why would I want to counterfeit God? Now, here's what we're going to end with. Remember he said, as I stand before the Lord, You're just as much saved as Jesus is Lord of your life as Elijah was. And I'm telling you, some, something happens when the boldness of God comes upon you. And, and remember this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But when the enemy comes upon you, man, you rise up in the name of Jesus. You speak in the, the God I stand before. The God I stand before. You know, you may, you may think this is nuts, but this past summer, there was an evening that, man, we got under a crazy thunderstorm. And I was zipping home. And, man, on the way, you know, you grow up in Oklahoma, man, you know what funnel clouds are, man. I started seeing those things dip down. And so I got home, and Shelly was out back, and I started looking. And, man, I could see this tail coming down. You know what I did? I stood on Mount Carmel. I said, not in the name of Jesus.
on the name of Jesus. God, you said you've given your angels charge over me. Not in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of Jesus. I'm a son of God. Not in the name of Jesus. You're not going to come. And so the sirens were going off back there. And I'm telling you, the air got cold. And you could see stuff happen. I stood right back there in my backyard. Not in the name of Jesus. I'm not moved. And you say, well, that's pretty presumptuous. Well, it's how you serve God. How you serve I serve a big God. Why don't you stand on your feet here? And I'm sorry for going just a little long. I got, I got caught up in the stories and stuff. You know what's crazy is this. Let me share this with you. Over three years ago, I got to go to Mount Carmel. So I stroll up there. And I said to my guide, I said, so... This is where this took place. And he said, look down at the bottom. He said, see those humps? And I said, yeah. And he said, right there. Right there's where Elijah challenged. Right there. And I'm, I'm telling you, there was like an anointing that got on me. Those, those Holy Ghost goosebumps. Have you ever had Holy Ghost goosebumps? Man, you're like, oh my gosh. And I realized this guy doesn't play. I mean, he knew. And so I got to get to that way in my life where I think, man, my God, this is it Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for the opportunity to come together. Lord, rub within us the heart of heaven right now. Move, move within our hearts today, Lord. That, that boldness that was on Elijah. And Father God, right here as we get ready to go, Lord, just as Elijah said to the people of God, you, you got to quit faltering between two opinions. Either serve Baal or serve God. And so, Lord, right now, we move toward you. And, Father, right now, if there's areas of our life that we've served false God, we repent. And, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. And we come back home right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.